Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. (laughs) That was mine. Hi, 50 Ishers. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and don't give a 50 like us. Shout out to Soph the Shopper on Instagram who left us a lovely comment. She said, love what you're doing. I'm 52 and just dropped my youngest daughter off to college. So now empty nesters and our plan is to start this journey doing the things we couldn't do because we were focused on our daughters and our previous goal. So the fun starts now. And it absolutely does. Well, the fun starts whenever you want it to, I suppose, Trish. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe even more, more fun now. space to focus on the fun. Yeah, now. yeah. And it's a consistent message we hear. I don't give a 50. Yeah. Did I just have another shocker? Nah. I think I did. Love it. Anyway, who cares? The, 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 that tall folks. <laughs> who gives Sorry, a 50? No, I can make fun of you because I articulate so well. <laughs> yeah, but I have consistent shockers. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so let's 50 and go for it and make the most of it because we're here. And it's going to be fun. Yeah. Okay, so today is very special for me because in our tiny little Brisbane <laughs> studio is one of our amazing under-the-radar 50-ish tribe, a fellow 50-isher who seems like a mere mortal, but she is ridiculously clever, extremely hardworking and very passionate. She has an amazing list of extraordinary achievements and impressive grown-up, very highbrow-sounding... Mm. Titles. She's rolling her eyes, but um. <laughs> well, none of us believe we're impressive. That's the whole thing. Yeah. She's one of my 15 besties I've known for over 20 years now, Rachel Deed, or Deedee to me. What a great nickname. Hi, Rachel. 
great to be here. And yeah, Dee Dee has always been, uh, yeah, that's that's the standby nickname. Um, I love it. Know. And when uh, in the 70s, every person used to sing uh, Dirty Deeds, Done Dirt Shit. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. And, yeah, that- and that's now in your toolbox, Trisha. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that I have not pulled that one out before. <laughs> so, Rach is a Brizzy girl, Yay. attended Loretto College, completed a Bachelor of Arts at the Queensland Uni. She's had a remarkable and enviable career in the travel industry and soaked up all the amazing lurks and perks of the industry. I wouldn't mm. surprise if she has travelled to nearly every corner of the globe. I'm Why just sort of thinking... That? Why do they say corner of the globe when yeah, there's no it's, corners? I just don't know. Do you know, Rach? Yeah, no, Marco Polo. We don't know what. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> I'm just also thinking, wild. apart from being a rock star, I also want Rachel's job. Oh, I know. Rachel's mm. worked and lived in some amazing cities, New York, Singers, Singapore, Singers. Singapore and Johannesburg, and has fully leaned into and loves to live a big, fun, eventful and adventurous life. Yay. Of course, as often life does, she's had mm. a curveball thrown, actually pre-COVID, and was retrenched and obviously at that time the travel industry came to a grinding halt and with it Rachel's travel career <laughs> correct today, sorry I didn't mean to laugh then we inappropriate <laughs> sorry Rachel <laughs> you lost your job no. <laughs> Nasty bit of work that one. Isn't no, she, I, no, I was sort of in, envisaging oh, the um, the more of the the getting around the globe. Yes. that literally came okay. to a grinding halt, as it did for all of us, right? Absolutely. So today we are going to talk all things reinventing rage. I think that's what we might call it. <laughs> Welcome, my gorgeous back row bandit, bestie, Rach. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Now, it's there's exciting. so many stories we could share and a whole heap more we could never share. <laughs> but the back row bandits is the name I we give know. ourselves because we both go to Inspire Cycle, or we have done about oh, five times. <laughs> well, I've been with you twice. Yeah, and we prefer to be up the, the back, back row, row in the dark so no one's behind us. And, uh, and because I'm so ridiculously uncoordinated. <laughs> anyway, it's just a place we like to be, so, you know. So, Rach, let's start from the very beginning. Your amazing travel career started at the grassroots as a travel consultant, correct? Yes, it did, yeah. Um, I, you know, I was a baby. Uh, I started um, with the Flight Centre Group, as uh, you probably could all work out, uh, given that length of time in travel. And, yeah, I was a travel consultant sitting in beautiful Elizabeth Street and uh, every... All going into the city, very yeah, fancy. Yeah, we were very fancy, but we did particularly love if you had to work on the Saturday morning in the city because we were at the back end of McDonald's where all of us had actually pretended we were um, doing you know, homework or whatever, but actually meeting the boys. Remember the Maccas oh, in the yes. mall? yes, yeah. And my shop was in the back there and Saturday morning, if you were rostered, the first job was to peel the gherkins off the flight centre <laughs> windows. <laughs> okay. True story. I knew it would have something to do with drinking, but, yeah, it was the people drinking the night before uh-huh. throwing the gherkins on the yeah. windows. Okay. So, Rach, tell me, have you had it? Ever had a booking disaster that involved booking your mates into a do- dodgy hotel in Bordeaux? <laughs> oh. 
I think you may have done some research. She's I good at have, research. I may have reached out to some of our mutual friends. Yes, I'm sure you have. And actually, just before you even mentioned that line, that was immediately what came to mind as, uh, you know, the three of us were driving in our gorgeous little Peugeot and we said, there's Bordeaux and looking at the map, there goes Bordeaux. <laughs> and we kept driving into this divine, it was a Sofitel, mind you, so it was a fancy brand, but uh, we ended up in an industrial estate <laughs> overlooking <laughs> a large industrial bin. <gasps> Which is exactly where you want to be when you're in Bordeaux. Bordeaux. This is correct. This is correct. Oh However, gosh. I do want to state that when we did go into the town, we had a very li- lovely evening um, staring down the barrel of this lovely laneway where we had then coined the phrase salt and pepper because the older guys were quite lovely. Oh. oh. Salt and pepper. Mm. Salt okay, and pepper. Salt and pepper. So salt it became pepper a little brigade. bit of a salt and pepper. I salt like and So pepper. I'm kind of guessing so that, that you, um, the reason for this disaster was pre-internet days. We couldn't do a quick Google search and just certainly, yeah, it was mm. it was it was less like that. Absolutely, there was probably a little bit, but not where you are today with like, not you like know, yeah, Google yes, Earth thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably in Rachel's style, leave it with me. I'll get it booked, and you go bang. Oh, that'll do. Off we go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No dropping of the pin. W- no no. Uh, maps. Distance mm. to the pub. Yeah, Perfect. and I probably think there's probably another one that's, again, French-related uh, that might have been the source of your research that, <laughs> that I have mentioned, a little city called Marseille. Again, drive through Marseille, keep going through Marseille and end up in probably the equivalent of those of us who know a bit about UK holidays, the equivalent of, you know, Butlins Holiday Village. That's oh, where okay, I also nice. booked us once. Kind of, right? Was it a bit like a big four? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If you're the one doing all the bookings and every, everyone no, just got to run with that. No, yeah, you do have to run with it, but yeah, you know, you don't have to like it. Other, absolutely, no, you, you don't have to. Uh, afterwards, oh, I can still just imagine. Yeah, I can just imagine. Yeah. But then I, it's like, well, you lot do the bookings then. Yeah. So that, that leads now, actually. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. So give us a bit of a highlight reel of your career. So your progression, the titles, and what you actually did in like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Look, I mean, I think you know, I. I feel very privileged with the with the opportunities that I had with Flight Centre, and uh, I think I, I was a consultant. I ran a couple of our shops. Mm-hmm. I uh, how many years in total? I uh, was with Flight Centre twenty nine years. Okay, so, wow. yeah, I was really yeah. So I really mm. grew up with the business as yep. the business grew. Right, so we were mm. we were super lucky to to be working in Flight Centre in that time, and as yeah. you know, being part of the juggernaut that I guess that it was. Yeah, um, working for someone like Screw and and our leaders, um, they did give you lots of opportunities. Do you want to just tell us? A little bit about Screw. Yeah, Screw, um, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> he's probably not our target. Or no, is it I male? Think, no, is he male? Yeah, Screw. No, he's definitely not our target. And what time is it? Oh, yeah, he's drinking rosé. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, Screw, Screw is, like, he's he was... Was he the ex- CEO? Yeah, he's the CEO. Okay. He's still the CEO. But, you know, he oh. was obviously the founder. Him and his mates, um, you know, decided to to bring sort of the travel that they'd been experiencing in the UK back to Australia. Right. It was the first time for the cheap flights and stuff. And yep. way back when... Yep. Um, there was no discounting of flights. No. Didn't matter which carrier mm. you travelled on. It was it's it was same it was government price. yeah pricing mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. So you know, and he was really very much about how he 
the way he could see growth. You know, and he came from a farming background. The essential part mm. of Scurry's story is like he was his dad was a farmer, right? Mm. So for him it was like farming, 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 grow, grow, grow. And yeah. so right. that therefore he gave all of us the opportunity through either, you know, financial investment into the business, but also to run the business. You had your own profit and loss statement. You knew, you know, you employed your own staff. You know, so it was very much, it was wow. it, it was never a franchise model in those days, but it was, you know, it was real emotional ownership. So it gave mm. us opportunity. And then obviously Brilliant. as the business started to grow and expand and really it was Australia, New Zealand for a long time. And then probably that first highlight, you know, outside of obviously being, you know, running a business, a successful business, but uh, we just opened in South Africa and uh, my old boss had uh, sort of sent the facts on the curly paper <laughs> out to all the shops to say that he wanted Did you have to pull the little bit off the edge? With yeah, the little absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. No, 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 not that one. But you know like the when, the, when it actually literally curled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thermo paper or whatever yeah. it's called. But this facts came through and essentially said, I'm looking for a training and development person as we open up South Africa. And I literally scribbled on the bottom, underpaid, overworked, call me. Mm. Faxed it back as a joke. And about 30 minutes later, he phoned and said, well, I'm sitting in Sandton Square. If anyone's been to South Africa, that's probably the fanciest part, part of Joburg. And he said, I'm drinking white wine and the sun's shining and I think this is a place for you. <gasps> wow. So anyway, I went. I just got goosebumps. And I, and I said, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, fast forward a few months later when I actually I accepted, moved there. Oh. Uh, my boss at the time, who's one of my great mates, Marg, she said, do you want me to bring him back and say you're joking? I said, well, no, I'm not because I'm going to go. Thank you. But um, fast forward a few months later and I turn up at the airport to have no one pick me up and these two scruffy boys race through the airport at about 6.30. I'd landed at about 5. I'm going, if I step outside, I think oh, I may I'm gonna die. I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> um, I don't have a phone. I don't actually know where mm. I live. No. And these two boys in boxer shorts and T-shirt race through and they go, mate, sorry, we slept in. Oh, and oh that, that was, was the start of That was the boys that was. Shane and Brad, two of, who are you know two of my great mates, but um, who and we all shared a house, a big house, oh, and oh, uh, okay. a big house and a maid called Beauty. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. So, uh, who now has a daughter called Rachel, which is oh, very cool. yeah, she's now twenty one. Oh, so wow. yeah, so that was that was a, that was an amazing. That was a really amazing. How long chapter. were you there for? I was in, there for about eighteen months yep. full time. But then, in the mm-hmm. that was probably my first role into that people development stuff that mm-hmm. I do now. And mm-hmm. uh, so I was really fortunate. They became like my account that I looked after on a global basis when I moved back to Australia. So I used to travel there quite a lot. So it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, some so of my greatest. So when you say global account, yeah. what does that mean to us so, laymen? Uh, yeah, well, essentially, that I guess you know we're working in our in our people. It was called. Works in those days um, in uh, Australia. So, because they hadn't had those role, like leadership okay. development roles across other parts of the globe where we'd expanded into, mm. Australia used to supply services. So that was okay. like I had South Africa and the UK, for example. Other other mates had like looked after New Zealand and etc. That kind of yeah, thing, wow. as well as Australia. So that just meant a lovely couple of lovely little trips a year. And you know mm. that was always that was always really special to me. Yeah. As we grew the business, and then we then mm-hmm. shared our knowledge back in South Africa, so that they grew that themselves. So, Rachel, you've obviously got a keen business mind because I would imagine that, you know, well, a lot of people that would have started as a travel consultant in Flight Centre, just as you did, didn't end up at the dizzy heights that you did. <laughs> I don't know how dizzy that is, but anyway. Um, well, you've got to have that. You've got to be wired that yeah. way, though, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do, I think. And mm-hmm. I think people are either going to go down that path of staying, you know, there's still some 
incredible, a lot of incredible experience, you know, in sitting in Flight Centre who stayed in that travel consulting space because that's their absolute joy and passion and love. Yep. And I never stopped loving that. Obviously, I wasn't that good at it. Ask our mate. (laughs) You know, yeah, for me, it was really about, you know, that business side and for for me, certainly about the people side. Okay, so Um, is that what motivated you the most at that time? So it was a combination of the business and the people side. That's where you found your passion? Yeah, and you're very good at that. You're very good at making people feel comfortable. Thank you. you. I don't feel so comfortable right now. (laughs) No Um, one does. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I think so. And I guess as well, the business model at Flight Centre, while you might have been in a training and development role, still had a business element to it because Mm. you still had, you were still responsible for that teeny piece of the business. So you were responsible for your costs and your your recruitment and all of those things. So Mm. you always had your hand in the business. I think that's what we always, uh, I I think anyone will tell you that they're so grateful for in terms of that Flight Centre business model and that real transparency across that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was always really passionate for me, you know, to, to, to understand and, and um, you know, it was very target-driven organisation, so you always knew how the business was performing and... Mm. The, and, and in any you business, get rewarded for that. Correct, right, yeah. yes. Nice. So we had, you know, some pretty amazing yeah. opportunities for, for global balls around the world. Oh, my um, gosh. Global oh, gatherings, global as they balls. were called. I've heard some stories. So, so global gathos. The gathos, <laughs> yeah, that's that. it. The global so gathos. Give us some of the destinations yeah, tell the us, tell us. I'm just so envious. I'm sitting here, Trish and I just staring at you, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. I know. We did some amazing, yeah, there was some, certainly in my time, but Las Vegas is a bit of a go-to because it's, as you can imagine, a town where you just... what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But to, to produce a great event there, and oh, those yeah. those events sort of started with a couple of hundred people up to about 4,000 at the height of flight centres, you know, big big times. And they just went back to Vegas this year with, a, I think, a crew of around about 2,000 people. But Vegas is always a good one because you just add water because that's all you need <laughs> and a whole lot of booze and you have a great time. But we went to Cancun. We, you know, Singapore, Paris... Oh, yeah. Berlin was an absolute wow. standout for me as Why? a city. Just, you know, because I'd never been. So, most places I'd been before, right? Whereas, right, yeah. you know, when you get that Discovering first time you, experience. And you're a bit and, disorientated and you're trying to work out where yeah, everything and is. And you're really jet lagged and, and then you, you just start drinking and... <laughs> don't stop. And you don't stop for three days. Fun. So, you know, it's some amazing places around the world mm-hmm. um, that, we, you know, that we've been to. Yeah. Um, you know, that we've held them in Hong Kong, in Kuala Lumpur, yep. um, in Bali. Wow. You know, so, you know, they, they were always really, um, you know, really special. And mm. at those were the, the big gala awards. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, I was pretty fortunate one of those two, if you talk about like career highlights where I was nominated and um, uh, entered into the Hall of Fame, which was oh, really good wow. fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was, was, I got goosebumps again. Very yeah, so yeah. that was re- that was really cool. So that's, that is that's so a long cool. time ago now. That's 2010, I think. So we've skipped forward a bit mm. from Johannesburg. What next? I came back to Australia and I was really sitting inside, you know, the, our people development area for a really long time. And I thought I thought about, you know, sort of what to share today. And I think probably some, you know, one of the lessons I learned, because I really wanted to, you know, back to what you're asking me, Mel, around, you know, the business. And I really wanted to run one of the businesses. And we'd bought mm. a business called Quick Beds at the time. And uh, it'd sort of been sitting on the shelf for a little bit, didn't have much sort of attention on it. It was sort of at the time when um, the what ifs of the world were going okay. on, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, I did run that for a period of time, but it was probably that real realisation when you know um, it was not my 
my best time as a leader. It was not my best time as success. Mm. Yep. Um, it yep. was just we were fighting a battle around technology and what oh, was yeah. going to work. And, yep. you know, and then I realised, I went, this is not the place for me to mm. be my best self. So I then... Isn't that important? Yeah, it's really that important. That you were able it's to really identify. Yeah, and so it was hard because I don't, yeah. you know, I'm a Capricorn. I just keep climbing up the mountain, right? So, oh, right. that's mm. why we get on so well. Two caps, stuff. Exactly. So what age friend. were you roughly at this stage? I probably would have been, oh, my gosh, how old? Uh... I would have been about my mid-30s. Okay, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, so young. Yeah, so still young, but, you know, at the same time, like just, you know, when you know, <clears throat> okay, I've taken this to where I can. Yeah. And, mm, and, yep. and, and now know when to hold them, know when to fold them, right? Yeah, so, right, yeah. Um, so going back then to, to, to your love, which was in that leadership development space, and that was in Australia. And at that same time, within probably not, a long time after that, mm. the Flight Centre Group had purchased these big, two big businesses in the USA. And right. I was really fortunate to then be part of the wider integration team mm. um, where we were bringing these two very American, very, very ensconced in their own culture way into Flight Centre. Wow. And, um, that would have been challenging, I would imagine. Super challenging. Yeah. Super challenging. You yeah. know, they, they're a lot of American businesses and there are some here as mm-hmm. well, but, you know, there was that whole thing around your hierarchy and who gets the corner office mm. and, mm. and oh. title was really important and that was just never the way that Flight Centre worked. Yeah. Yep. So that was really fascinating. So I kept going over there sort of two to three times a year for about three to four weeks at oh, a time. if I must, to do, if I must. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and they were based in, uh, those businesses were based in New Jersey. So that was doing leadership development and working with them around, you know, the, the whole culture piece. So that was really interesting. And I'll never forget the first group that I went for over and I just mm. literally, um, like Flight Center was, what, 30-something years old at that time. But yep. these businesses were 50-plus years old. And right. These, and some of these people had never left their desk, let alone change jobs. Right. And I'm not even joking yeah. about that. Yep. Like mm. physically had sat mm. in the same desk for 30, 40 years. Mm. And I'll never forget just sitting in that first meeting or that first training group and the arms were closed and, you know, and folded and mm. they leaned in and went, what are you here to tell us? And I oh, said, no. Oh, really? I said, well, I think you were chosen in this first group because you're probably the people who are going to really bring all of this new stuff to life. I'm like tap dancing, what do I know? At the end of that day, I walked out, spoke to the MD at the time and I said, oh, could you talk to me about those people? He goes, oh, yeah, forgot to tell you. I picked the toughest ones first. I said, do you think? (laughs) By the end of that week, because I kept, every time they complained, I'm like, really, we all need to eat that cup of cement. By the end of the week, there was a Starbucks cup on my on my desk with a, a gift card in it and a note that said for your cup of cement so it was like oh, boom got him yeah yeah got it's it. a good, long go- journey long yeah, journey a lot yeah. of chipping away yeah. but you oh, got him at the end yeah yeah Lots good on chipping away good for you yeah and so when did you because trish mentioned before that you lived in new york yeah so, so that, when was that tell us about that yeah so there was a couple of years of that sort of um that that sort Toing of commuting. and throwing. yeah and then mm-hmm. that, that's when they recognized that they wanted someone full-time in the role so it was eventually originally meant to be a 12 months of comment that became four years I was really, really specific. At, I mean, I, I certainly would have gone anyway, but I said I can't. I don't want to go unless I can actually afford to live in New York City because mm. New Jersey's like well just played. across the river, right? So right. it was fantastic. But I just, I said, look, I want to be able to do that. And and 
it was it was an amazing opportunity. So yeah, I got four years in um, oh, in wow. New York City, and uh, I lived in the Upper West Side. I got super lucky, which only in hindsight you know this. But mm. I moved in the January, and snowdrifts were about literally a meter high. Oh. I arrived in ballet flats, didn't have a pair of snow boots. <laughs> uh, had to walk up to Saks on Fifth Avenue, and uh, Trish, you'll appreciate this, but I went, oh, I better buy myself some snow boots. Oh, there's the Jimmy Choo Hunters on sale. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> Off we went. Styling. <laughs> Good girl. Yeah. So love then, because no one moves Was that your very and, first yeah, purchase? Yeah, yeah oh, totally. Love totally. That. But um, that, that, that no was one a, moves in January because <laughs> no, it's cold. And, it's cold, right? Because yeah. it's a real movement in summer. Yeah. So this apartment, it was an old um, walk up and it literally was, um, it, it came, it just been renovated. So I got super lucky because, again, also when you look for an apartment in New York in January, there's no, not, not lots of light during the day because, you know, there's shorter days and sure. stuff. So, you know, you don't even know if you would, you know, like. Is it going to be nice? Nice. For the rest of the year. I had everyone, you know, there was a lot of people. I think in my first 12 months, I had four months months on my on my pull-out couch. I I had (laughs) someone on my you know, four months out of twelve solidly. Legend. You know, I'm known for asking Mm. the kind of the really deep, Mm. serious, hard hitting Mm. questions. But Mm -hmm. um, where do you go in New York Mm. if you're a fifty-ish and you're over there and you don't want to go where they tell you in the travel guides? Where's a where's a must do that that only the locals know. No, you know, you know what? I, I'm a massive Upper West Side fan. I always stay there when I go back. I think because it feels like a neighbourhood. Yeah. You're really close to uh, subways, like good subways. It'll take you downtown in no time, all the way downtown. As I used to say to Margaret, yes, we're going all the way downtown, <laughs> but and faster than a taxi. But and then you know it's an easy walk across to Central Park. But the Upper West Side, lots of people don't know. Lots of your high street stores, like your great stores are up in the Upper West but without okay. the crowds and okay. great little restaurants and good coffee and mm. Soul Cycle and all the things that <laughs> yeah. the classic New Yorker mm-hmm. wants in their neighbourhood. But and it, I, so it's more of the real kind of living in New York feel rather than the touristy feel that you would get in Times yeah. Square and all of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, totally. No, we don't go to Times Square. Okay, all right. Unless you're going to Broadway. Yes. But you'd go once, wouldn't you? Oh, like if yeah, you I'd were if you were just walking. I've never been to New York, so <gasps> Oh, yeah. Mel, with oh, much to discuss. Oh, no, no. Yeah, love it. I've been to a lot of places, but I've, I've never been, been to New York. Twice, and yeah. I've never mm. once been on the subway. Okay, oh, my God. We need to talk God. you through that. But you don't, don't want to do that for summer either, F1. Okay, mm. there you go. Oh, see, we need, we need all of this for our 50s tribe. So oh, I love give it. Us a, um, give us a, uh, like a bucket list for, like, say, three recommendations for 50 issues. So if they, now that the world has reopened to us and we can travel, yeah. Oh, New not necessarily yeah. New York. No, anyway. anyway, not necessarily New York. No, no, no. It's your existence oh, you know world travel. Like what okay. are the three yeah, must do? Realise that this is just your opinion, but it's also yeah. coming from a vast place of knowledge yeah. as well. I don't know how often Africa sits on people's bucket lists, but I, mm. I mean, I am, I'm. I, th- I think Africa is in your blood forever, and yep. particularly if you've had the opportunity to live there. And yeah, I think South Africa, husband. I think South Africa yes. is mm. an incredible destination yep. from a from an offering perspective from, you know, the most amazing game farms, I'd say on your bucket list, if you're going to do it, to spend the money on a private game reserve because yeah, you're yeah. absolutely mm. going to see yeah. your game. Yeah. But down to don't miss Cape Town, you mm-hmm. know. It's incredible. And don't miss Franschhoek or Stellenbosch. You know, I just think the whole destination is extraordinary. And in terms of currency, fantastic yeah, for yeah, us yeah, as Australians. Yeah, yeah, true. But it really is, I think it is absolute bucket list and don't 
you know, don't do less than two weeks if you can. Yeah, but, true. You know, yep, you know yep. just... Well, it's a long way it's, it's as a well, long so way. yeah, make the most make of it. Make the most of it, yeah. yeah. So that would... South Africa is one. Yeah. What about another couple? Oh, look, I love New York City. I mean, you know, mm. I think every I think every 50-ish needs to go to... And I, yeah. think, I think New York City is a fantastic girls' trip. I think... Mm-hmm. Why? Know, I just think you've got the shopping, you've got the dining, you've got the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Broadway. just think you've got Broadway. And I just think... I just think every, you know, group of girls should at some stage yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I'd say any time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I was about Christmas, to say, except in January. No, oh, no. January's great. <laughs> or if you're going in January, take oh. snow boots. Oh, yeah. No, or just yeah. pop into Jimmy Choo. Just, just go into <laughs> Saks on Fifth yeah. Avenue and get pick yeah. up some Jimmy Choo's. You know, it's funny. We have been fortunate to do some travel and mm. after one of our trips we could extend somewhere and I was suggesting to Gordo that we go to New York and he wasn't really keen because he's, you know, more of a country boy and loves the country, but he loves New York. Mm. It's just something. There's a vibe and energy. Mm. It's hard to explain, but he loves it. He'd go mm. back. Everyone he's I been know back that's been lost twice. And, and yeah. you know, he's not necessarily a big city boy, but he loves it. Yeah. Okay, so we've got South Africa, yeah. New York. You know, uh, oh, hit us up with one is, more. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look, this is probably tricky, absolutely mm. right here, right now. But mm. I think Shanghai is probably one of the most, was one of the most exciting cities really? to be, to, to, to visit, you Why? know, to get that taste of China, right? I was really fortunate. I used to go to China quite a bit for work, mm-hmm. but mostly Shanghai and sometimes Beijing. I think if I looked at my bucket list, if I looked at one of my best days ever, I was a Beijing day. It was freezing cold. It was December. It was freezing cold. I'd had meetings that week. We, my um, One of my colleagues and I stayed. But, you know, in one day we went through Tiananmen Square. We went to the Forbidden City. We walked the Great Wall. And until you actually stand on that Great Wall, yep. it is something beyond mm-hmm. extraordinary. Mm-hmm. We had the most perfect, and they call it Beijing Blue because we had this oh, perfect wow. blue day, which is unusual because often the smog is there. Yeah. But you just go... This is an extraordinary culture. So now that's I, Beijing as opposed to Beijing, Shanghai. But that, that's Beijing, but Shanghai then you take that right. take that same crazy I say crazy China, but China is so ridiculously organized. Mm-hmm. And then you add the cool and the really oh. you know, it's got this real avant-garde feel and the French influence. Really? And the coolest hotels and bars and restaurants. And it's just because it's a, it's like it, it's like the the merchant city it was, mm-hmm. and it's just something else. It's just I just think it's an, an extraordinary place. Now who knows when we can go back there? Yeah, but, right. You know, yeah. And, and mm. will it be the same? That's the question. Will yeah, it be the same? that's right. Yeah. What will, will we Hong find? Hong Kong be the same? Yeah, I know. You know, all I know. Of will Hong same. Kong be the yeah, same? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, Rach, so, you mentioned singers. So, mm. you lived in Singapore as well. Yes, I did. So, what was your job there? I, I actually came and saw you in yes, Singapore. Yes, you did. It took and me to Ding My Dongs. Ding, oh, no. And tragically, it's closed oh, no. down on. And 80s, they play 80s music while they cook fusion food. It was so Amazing. fun. Amazing. Wasn't it great fun? Mm. Yeah, Singapore was an extraordinary chapter. Um, I was there for four years and I was um, head of product and marketing for our Asia business. And it was originally, we just had Singapore, Malaysia and the Philippines. And then we we merged the two, which was all started part of that whole global restructure. And then we had Hong Kong and China. So I was really super fortunate and living there. And I, I, I guess going back to what you originally said, Mel, around, you know, you're probably desperate to dust off your passport and stuff. But, you know, that was a job where we travelled all the time. We are probably on a plane every three weeks and Singapore yeah. was the best place to be because it was so easy to travel in and yeah, out. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. You saying we were on the plane all the time has just reminded me of one of my very favourite 
raped stories ever. And I remember that Gordo and I were very fortunate to be flying business class one day and we'd put a little, you know, Insta spam on like the bogans on board do of us in our Qantas pyjamas. And I get this comment back from Rach saying, don't get too drunk and not allow yourself enough time to take your Qantas pyjamas off. Can you tell us the background of that story? I can't tell you how many times I've told it. Yeah, no, it's pretty important that uh, you give yourself enough time to fancy yourself up because it is very easy on a long-haul flight to walk yourself off and look down and go, I'm oh, still a lovely shade of grey. Um, still in pyjamas. Yeah, still in my pyjamas or, uh, yeah, no. Um, and we'll donate those to the local charity. I do love probably oh, one no, of Oh, no, we've got to draw for them. I know, but I do actually Gordo, love. That's Gordo's winter sleepwear. That's right. Qantas that's PJs. exactly. They're the best pyjamas. Thank you, Qantas. Um, so did you get off in your PJs? Did you have to whip a court shoe on with them? I or did. What did you have I on? did have a fancy <laughs> shoe on, but I was like, oh, look. And I think I was flying down to Melbourne for like three days and went oh. for it for a surprise birthday party that didn't end up being yeah. a surprise. But anyway, I went, oh, look, oh, it's too late now. And then I met Margaret outside and she went, what is that? <laughs> I'm just visualising seeing yeah. someone walk off in their Qantas pyjamas with a pair of fancy shoes. <laughs> and no doubt you would have very impressive hand luggage as well. I know that we, going back to when I was a flight attendant with Emirates, it was quite a few times, quite a few of us, and I've done this, we've forgotten our tabards off, which are the apron oh, things. Yes. Yeah. So you charge through airports with your tabards <laughs> and no one would tell you. You know, that was a thing. I would just think it was like, part of the uniform. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've ended up back on the crew bus, so I've gone through the airport, yeah. through, you know, the office, onto the crew bus, looked down, oh, nice. tabards still on, dirty, you know, food all over. <laughs> <laughs> my bright red tabard, my bright red shoes. So, mm. Rach, mm. life's good, career's fantastic. And I didn't realise, but it was just before COVID hit, that you were retrenched yep. by Flight Centre. Mm. So at God. that stage, the travel industry and all of those in it would be feeling extremely vulnerable and nervous. Can you talk us through, like, the chain of events? So I thought it was COVID, but it was just yeah, a bee's dick before. Yeah, excuse we, the expression. yeah, absolutely. We had uh, just gone through a bit more of a global restructure of uh, our product division and stuff, and that meant my role became redundant. And there was always the anticipation that I'd come back to a role down in Australia. And so I spent some time. I, I took some time out there, went across and did some did some more travel and stuff, and then came back to Australia. And sort of the, not the right opportunity coming back. And then, and then I think lots of expats feel that after you've been away for a long time, often you know Australia keeps running in its own little lane and mm. you've been away a long time so the opportunity wasn't quite there mm. so I took a redundant my final took my redundancy at that point in time and literally so that would have been the December and then of course the mm. first step you know uh, cases of COVID were January were, yeah, were the January yeah. right yeah so it was a really interesting time and and, but at that point in time, no one knew what that was really going to mean no, we for didn't. the industry. It was mm -hmm. all like, it's a, you know, we'd been through SARS, we'd yeah. been through MERS, we'd been yep. through bird flus, particularly mm -hmm. like when you're living up in Asia, it became sure. very almost mm. commonplace. Mm -hmm. So it was a really interesting time. We were all at that time a bit, oh, for God's sake, come down, world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to the to the extent that uh, Calm Down World, a friend and I went uh, to, we were meant to be going to a 50th in Las Vegas and we had agreed that we'd 
go back together to New York because we'd both shared some time in New York together and we said let's go back and have a yeah have our own trip back and we literally so we got there and it was great and caught up with all of our friends and we had restaurants and we had you know Hamilton booked we oh had my mom from gosh. away booked, you know and Hamilton was at that stage five hundred US dollars oh, a ticket yes. you know all that you were like we're just doing, doing it, it large oh my god I can't even and, imagine seeing um, Hamilton with the original yeah, cast yeah right amazing amazing and um, we so and then day one and uh, my, my mate she'd, she'd arrive a bit later said have a sleep well you know let's go to the Met whatever we did that and literally so it was day two of her getting there we've gone to the Met we went oh let's go do what we do best go for a long lunch and uh, here's a great restaurant uh, tip ladies and that's mm-hmm. Looper down in the Lower East Side or okay. Nolita amazing um, it's Italian so let's go do what we do best so we go down there and like literally it's like oh I'm just going to text from Tick Tick Broadway's closing tonight, right? Was that the night of Hamilton? It was, no, the day before. I think we're going to Hamilton the next day. Mm. I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. I've never heard of Broadway closing before. Broadway doesn't close. We're like, that's Mm. weird. Then the next day we went back to the Met, actually, and we went, okay, what will we do now? Then, so, uh, you know, we had other things planned. Then it was like on the news, all museums are closing. Mm. I'm like, okay, we're still here. We're seeing friends. It's not. We've done all this stuff before. What is it? State of emergency or something, for God's sake. And then, of course, the texts and everything coming from home going, you girls need to come home. Mm. They're going to close the borders. We're like, yeah, what? Mm. Anyway, we're experienced travellers. We know what we're doing. But we, you know, instead of storm, cha- storm chasing, we became COVID racing. Yeah. We said, okay, well, New York's just sort of, the front of it. Just in front of the yeah. storm behind you. you know, everything's so not, and yeah. everything fun's shut down, so we might as well go. Yes. Well, we went. Mm. We went back to San Francisco. We, we said, look, we'd caught up, done what we w- wanted to in New York anyway. So then we caught, got a flight back in those seven hours between JFK and San Francisco. We arrived thinking we'd go up into Yosemite and do a hike oh, or something, yes. right? Mm. And then by the time we landed there, we literally went up to the info desk and said, uh, "What's happening?" She said, "Oh, the mayor's going to close the city tonight." We said, "Are you uh, joking? We better get out of here." So then we said, "Let's pick up the car." We'll go up to Yosemite because the national parks are still open. We ring the lodge we're staying at, fancy. Mm. And they said, look, yeah, we're open. Love to have you. But we're But closed. there's snow and you'll need chains. And we went, oh, oh are you joking? Dear. By this stage, no. it's 7 o'clock at night. So we're not, not driving in the snow. So we thought, oh, we'll just do Highway 1 and we'll stay at Doris Day's, you know, hotel. We're having a lovely time. And then I'm like, we'll just do that long. So we rang Qantas and yeah, yeah. Flight Centre and got our flights changed and whatever. And um, anyway, so I dropped my friend off. And then two hours later, I dropped the car off and uh, landed in Australia too. And this was literally before we knew even knew about lockdown and about... Um, um, isolation and they mm. allowed me to fly into Brisbane. My, I was staying at a mate's place because I'd moved back to Australia. Mm. I didn't have it, my, my own home yet. And I was staying with friends and I'd rung and said, can you pack me a summer wardrobe? I'm going to do my isolation down in Sydney, but they let you get off in Brisbane. I called an Uber, no masks, nothing, mm. to her place. She was Glenn Twentying, the, oh, I'm not even joking, the gate. She packed <laughs> my summer wardrobe in my car because I had all winter stuff, having come from the north, northern hemisphere, and then I just got on a flight down to Sydney and then we isolated and at midday every day we started drinking and playing um, <laughs> Trivial Pursuit and ordering everything you could possibly could to the extent one day we went, what will we order now? A packet of chips. That was $27 for a packet of chips to be delivered while we drank our rosé. There's some expensive Smith's crisps That's right there, And don't? they were Smith's. Oh, were they? Love a Smith's. I like kettle fries, as you know, as everyone knows. <laughs> so, Rach, when you were retrenched, what were the main thought processes and concerns ruminating in your mind? I guess, you know, when then, okay, so COVID's hit, mm. the wheels have fallen off the travel industry, mm. the pennies really dropped at kind of 
shit, hang on, this isn't going to mm. play out how I thought. What what went from there? Like what was in your mind and, and how did you get through that? Oh, look, uh, that was a really tricky time. That was a time when I would look at myself in the mirror and go, who am I? Like I was no longer mm. part of an organisation that I'd felt like I'd grown up in. Yeah, I was no really longer belonged. part of an industry that I really knew well. Mm. I'd been away so long that my, um, relate, you know, I didn't have, you know, lots of internal relationships inside the industry because all of my industry were like sort of in overseas areas. Yeah. But there was no jobs in that space. You were like, I was like, what am I going to do now? I think we all knew like jobs were, pe- people were being retrenched, but particularly yeah. in some of those, in- that, that industry. Mm. I was constantly applying for jobs but I was scared I was I felt that I was a little bit worthless I Mm, felt that what have I got to offer Um, who am I what have I got to offer which is so many times you're applying for jobs you heard nothing back right and I'd Mm. never had to apply for a job ever Mm. outside of my very first application to flight center 29 years earlier I never ever had to do that so that was a really tricky time but at the same time you know the gift was and you know and I think my takeaway if you talk about that was gratitude as well because it gave me a gift of time at the same time my mum got sick unexpectedly she had unbelievably a melanoma on her lung and you know like and you know and thank goodness for medicine and immunotherapy and she's got a full bill of health and she's one of the very lucky ones but I think in hindsight those really bad times when and I wasn't working and yes I'd had you know got a redundancy and whatever but you it it was that it was my sense of identity that was completely gone Mm -hmm. so I look back now I didn't feel that way I felt like the weight was on me with mum with not working with who will I ever get a job will I be able to you know buy a new place back here in Australia all of those things so it was it was a really really tricky time and I felt very vulnerable and I felt and one of the things I absolutely said to myself every day was no ego like there is no ego here like just mm. be, all you can be is be yourself if you get in front of someone for, an, for a meeting or an interview or putting down your story on a cover letter just be yourself that's all you can do mm-hmm. which is such good advice and you know that's it that we're so hard on ourselves mm. at that mm. time and especially mm. when our identity is so mixed up mm. in who we are mm. or what we do or mm. I'm so sorry well definitely definitely the what we do good isn't learning. it because we we often know you know we do but by this stage, we have a fairly good sense of self. Yeah. But we do link our identity. It is linked to these ex- external factors as well. So, yeah. And so when you've had such a successful career, and as you said, you've never had to apply for a job, so these amazing opportunities came up and you worked hard for them and you took them and you got them and you lived in all these really interesting countries. It's like having the rug swept out from under your feet. It's like, hang on, hang on, I'm not quite prepared for this. I'm not quite ready. Now, what the 50 am I going to do? Mm. I can I can relate. Yeah, so, it's a tough gig. What did it's you tough do? Gig. Yeah, what did you do? Oh, the, through beautiful connections, as is always mm. the 50ish tribe, and particularly here in Brisbane, and it just a really uh, fortuitous sort of when we were allowed to have four people together. Remember that? Oh, you know, yes. Remember, it was like, oh, like, I can have four people over. My great mates had come over. Yeah. I've just built my bar downstairs, the Pineapple Lounge. Oh, <laughs> forward um, to my and this invitation. Great, yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, this great uh, mate of ours um, and invited four of us together. And I met this great person, Karen Fuster, and she 
runs a business called Change 2020. And uh, so I worked with them for a year after that. So we had a really great conversation. I loved the work they were doing. I worked with them for a year, like sort of doing some doing. business development and and, right. so, and working with all of their consultants, etc. Mm. Now, that was also one of those moments where both of us came together and said, we think this might work. This, this role might work. Mm. 12 months later, it probably wasn't delivering the results. It was climate. It was, you know, like the economic climate. We were yes. still in the in the absolute throes of COVID and while the product and everything that that business delivers and is amazing at was just, there was, yeah, still it was hard to grow it at that yeah, point in time yeah, as sure. most businesses felt I think that it's way. that COVID speed wobbles, mm. isn't it? It's yeah. still not mm. knowing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I threw myself out there. I did a little bit of like, I did some, you know, HR consulting. Then I ch- chatted to a mate and one of my greatest little chapters, and you're talking about reinvention yeah. and no ego, but it was one of the greatest funds. And here I am, mm. I'm guest services on the front desk of one of Brisbane's best bars. I've had oh, the greatest and medical spas. I've had the greatest time welcoming guests because girls turn up, women turn up, 50 years just turn up, and guess what? They come in happy, they leave even happier. Who doesn't want that as a job, oh, yeah, right? right? And it was fun and a great Light. atmosphere and just How extreme. did you fall into that? Oh, again, you just chat to one of your mates. And yeah. I said one day, I said, yeah. if you ever need a hand, I'm available. A couple of weeks later, were you serious about that? And I said, yes, I absolutely mm, was. Yeah. And she's like, we need someone who's got some maturity. Like they had all the yeah. gorgeous Interesting. young things. Mm. She said, I just think you'll connect with our customers. Mm. And the it life was experience. just so much fun. fun. But, and, and you just worked hard. Having that, yeah, yeah. 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 You gotcha. You're on your feet eight hours. You're, I was folding towels. I'm welcoming guests. I am getting spa rooms ready. It was fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you were saying that. that you, you know, there's no ego. There was connecting with your network as mm-hmm. much as possible and just putting out there and being accepting of any offers that come your way. Absolutely. So that, would you say, yeah. About that, yeah. And was there anything else that sort of like, you know, that you consciously did at the time? Like when you've had this big, you know, this massive life change, you've had the rug pulled out from under your feet. And this has happened to a lot of our 50-ish tribe. Like, was there anything else that you sort of adopted at that time that helped you through? I think I really took I did take myself, you know, and it's such a cliched statement, but I was so out of my comfort zone to ring people and say that I didn't know and say, could you have a coffee? You know, like wow. linking, you know, that connection in on LinkedIn and stuff like that. For help. You know, do you yeah. have, yeah, that really, that asking for help, absolutely. Mm. That was probably it. Do you know anyone that I should chat to, et cetera? Yeah. And then again, through connections. Uh, no, through, we forget that people like to help. Yeah, that's exactly. And, mm. and particularly, you know, people are interested and and people do like to share what they know and how they mm. can, and, mm. that, you know, how and they can help you. And people do need good people, you know, so mm. if you can yeah. provide someone, that's yeah. excellent. This might sound like a silly question, but do you have any ill feeling towards Flight Centre for being made redundant or is it the total opposite? Like, is it all just... Total opposite, Mm -hmm. I think. You know, I've got some of the greatest friends of my lifetime out of that. Mm. Um, I was on the other side of many of those tough decisions, having to make them and do them. Okay, Um, yeah. And things like that happen for the, you know, the, 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 you, you make those decisions because they're about the best best for the business at the time. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really hard. Yeah, and okay. there were some moments when you felt, oh, we could have done that a little bit better. Mm. But you know what? I was in the really fortunate end of town because then obviously the massive waves of those redundancies had to happen because of COVID mm, when that's that right. business was com- in complete hibernation. So what I'm very, very fortunate and absolutely for what you learned and what you know yeah, and, and what you experienced. So would, would I be correct in saying also that given that you were on the other side of some of those tough decisions where you obviously had to let people go, that, that then you're able to actually think, well, hang on, 
you know, now it's me, so I understand what they're going through and they're not comfortable letting me go and, and whatever, but it has to be done for the best hundred percent of the business. hundred percent. Okay. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in the people business yeah. and I think well, we're, we're all in the people business. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's not about what has to happen, it's how it's done. And yeah, sure. I was in a really mm. fortunate yep. Yep. fortunate way mm. and mm. you just, and you hear so often so many horrible stories around yeah, you how do. that happens to mm. people in yeah. different industries. Yeah, you do. hundred percent, yeah. It's just... It's about respect for the person, you know. And oh, and doesn't that go a long way? 100%. If you're dealt with respectfully, how you come out of it, the other side, makes a, you know, it, it's a huge difference. So, Rach, mm. advice for the 50s tribe, mm. if they're about to or just had the rug pulled out from under them? Mm. Oh, okay. And someone gave me this advice. They said, every time you think of something, you know what you can, that you can do, write it down. Because I think when okay. you start with that blank sheet of paper of when you may be applying for a job or anything like that, but I think we don't often recognise what it is we're capable of. And mm. I think mm. we, we, and again, we place it in that in that lane of perhaps the organisation we worked for before or the actual job. And, you know, we're, we're all really capable. I would also say, yeah, just trust yourself. And again, that level, that level of vulnerability, feel what you need to feel. Mm. And I'm not particularly good at that at the best of times, but I did let myself go through that and out mm. the other side. Mm. And um, I think... Lots of my mates will say that they saw the pain, mm. but you know it's. But that was also that's grief. It's a, it was a part of grief, yeah. yes. right? Because you're letting mourning. go of you're something mourning that, that is career. in yeah. your DNA. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So yeah. go through it, but mm. um, you know, just every time you think, oh, I could, you know, like, yeah, I'm good at that. Just write yourself that note, and because when you're actually pulling your, you know, pulling it together and going, well, actually, I'm really capable of that. And I still, well, I still yeah. I'm asking that myself that today in the job I'm doing today. I can't what even, are you doing today? I can't Tell even me. believe that you could not think that you're capable. <laughs> Do you, Trish? No, that's the, oh, the yeah. female psyche. We totally. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. What, what's from, from planes now? From planes to trains. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love it. Yeah, so, All forms of transport. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's my, I'm working in government, which is mm-hmm. super exciting, but I'm working on one of Queensland's biggest uh, infrastructure projects, which is the Cross River Rail, which oh, is super wow. exciting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Again, I never thought that um, I would end up in a place like this, but I think the other thing I recognise, and this probably comes back to some of that advice, and that is, you know, have, have a passion for lifelong learning. I think, you know, we never oh, stop yeah. learning. Yeah. And, geez, I'm learning a lot. And I'm working with engineers, and they are the greatest, quirkiest, nerdiest, fabulous bunch of oh, yeah. yeah, they are quirky and They're nerdy, really, aren't they? And, but just a lot, of, yeah, a lot of fun and the brains are extraordinary. And as is yours. As it, yeah, but uh, in such a different way. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I come from that place of creativity and yeah. emotion and whatever and then I work with they people who love are purely left brain and very organised and I probably drive them crazy. And it's so funny. Mel and I have that conversation <laughs> about, you know, you, you quite often gravitate to like-minded people mm. but when you're in the room with someone who isn't like-minded it's great to be curious and yeah. to kind of mm. grasp on what that conditioning is and you yeah. know where they come from it's yeah. fun yeah it, it is and I, I just love what I'm learning I love what I'm learning about the project we're on the extraordinary engineering that's happening and it's world class and mm. you know and it's and it's really interesting and so yeah I look after uh, our people engagement a division within the within the project so that's oh, super good. exciting and challenging and you certainly work realize why things are a little bit tricky on some days working in government yeah. but yes. at the end yeah. of the day there's so much due diligence and that's that's probably the, mm. the most exciting 
same thing, like to learn, while it frustrates you on some days, you actually realise that there is a lot that protects our taxpayer money. So there you go. It's really, yeah, that's that's a really nice cool to know. thing. Yeah. yeah. And also because you're working in, what did you say, people? And engagement, yeah. Yeah, so, and you're working with your strengths. Yeah, right. So, mm. and hopefully bringing that and... Um, I'll bet you are. <laughs> so you, no you doubt. found your feet again, darling girl. Yeah. 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 Except now I'm in, um, you know, high-vis on some days and... Mm. Uh, less glamorous. And worker boots uh, <laughs> and, and, and steel cap boots. No Jimmy shoes, no, no shoes and global no Jimmy no, shoes but, for you. But as my mates do say to me, you did get the prettiest steel cap boots. I said, yes, I did. <laughs> Good girl. Yeah, yes, Are they pink? Still got a standard. They're blue with lilac laces. Oh, oh lilac. I do like lilac. I love a lilac. <laughs> okay, so we have gone a little bit over time, but your story is so fascinating. We yeah, couldn't cut it short. Yeah. I want more travel stories, but we're going to run out of That's time. That's over lunch well, one day. You'll get global, the real There's a lot stories. of global gathering stories, that is for sure. <laughs> Unreal. So, Rach, our wrap-up question. What advice would 50-ish time traveller Rach give to her 20-ish year old self? Mm. Okay, that's uh, it's some. Uh, when I listen to your podcast, I love this question uh, and how people answer it. And of course, mm. you've drawn a blank. I have drawn a blank. But no, I, I think one thing, and that's probably nothing to do with career and nothing to do with uh, the mm. opportunities that I've had. I think, and I, I mentioned it earlier. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. But um, I think that that's also in love too. You know, like yes. sometimes you, you stay somewhere longer than you should oh, in a I relationship. Think we've all done that. And that's what I would have told my 20-something self because I stayed somewhere that just no longer served either of us for a really long time and I think that was that was yeah. an opportunity of a missed in other ways. Yes, got you. Totally get you, darling girl. And they're hard, those, those kind of young loves mm. that and you're such good friends and, you mm. know, immersed in each other's families mm-hmm. um, can be tough to let go of. Mm. Mm. As we know. Yeah. That well, was a, well, that was a really interesting answer. We're, getting, we're starting to get, so a lot of our guests are starting to branch beyond, you yeah. know, just the, the regular things that we tend to tell ourselves. That, the other day, something about the teeth. Yeah, orthodontist and there's been all sorts of... <laughs> do yoga. That was yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous, Rach. You are such a dear friend, mm-hmm. an absolute 50-in legend. Thank you so much for sharing your story and so honest, so vulnerable because that was a big big change in your life mm, with so and much security then yeah, to become so but, insecure but in that sense people go through that there's other people that go through that and people who may in the future so i think mm. sharing those stories is so helpful to mm. so many so thank you gorgeous well 2020 was a shit year for me and i've just became a lunatic like i was <laughs> <laughs> on emotional I don't think roller coaster alone. i don't think you were alone no i wasn't no and the more stories i hear about what people were going through at that time the more i think holy shit there was a whole tidal wave of lunacy going yeah. on out there. It was driving us crazy anyway. Yeah. yeah. So that but I think we also need to remember the quiet mm. that we had too. Like there was lunacy. Quiet. But mm. I think that was one of the greatest gifts of 2020 is it pure wasn't for quiet. me. No, the, the ultimate extrovert, right? The quiet wouldn't have made No, well, Mel's mm. kids were oh. stuck overseas. Yeah, so yes. I no the quiet yeah. was my enemy. Yeah, my my right. total enemy. So yeah. anyway, but got through it. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we're all we're all here killing it now. So yeah. we like to tell ourselves I you girls are doing an amazing job. Thank you, lovely. Oh, bless. Yeah. I think you're amazing. So do I. Thank oh. you for the opportunity. It's been mm. amazing. Fun. One day we might do another podcast. We'll have some champagne and it'll just be all about stories from a global ball. Oh Why not? I what 
we do it? I uh, think a friend said there's, a, there's definitely a book in it, and yeah. I, don't, I don't hold the keys to all of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. a mate did want to call it, you know, uh, 29 disposable dresses because your dresses <laughs> never quite made it past the one global ball. <laughs> I'm writing this down. Do you see me? Do you see Instead me? Instead of 50 yeah, yeah. dresses, it's now 50 disposable dresses. Okay, I oh love it. Oh, my gosh. I love that. So that's it from us today. You can follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 or email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. And remember our gorgeous 50 issues. Life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome regardless of age. And living and thriving is an absolute privilege and a right it is. I've decided. And let me tell you, if you mm. do get a chance right. to be in business class on Qantas and you do have the pyjamas <laughs> on, drink champagne. Get off in your pyjamas. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Who gives those a days, Those days don't happen very often <laughs> or often enough. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rachel. <laughs> Thanks, gorgeous. See Thank ya. Thank you. Anyway, who cares? The, the, the at that point. <laughs> who gives a oh, fuck? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.